Well, Father Jonathan, happy Holy Week. Happy Holy Week. Easter is here. Easter is here. Actually, yes, as we record this, I guess Holy Week is beginning, but as we record, we're preparing for the Triduum and preparing for Easter. That's right. That's right. There's a lot going on these days. They're so great. Oh, um, yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like I I know that I didn't, before I became a Jesuit, I don't think I went to the Easter Vigil very often, if ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah, big family... And as I'm sure you've experienced, and you were just telling me the story of um, these two young parents with lots of with lots of kiddos, it's really hard <laughs> at these big long liturgies to wrangle. And I was a particularly troublesome <laughs> uh, troublemaker. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't think we ever went to any of the like the extra things. Mm. Yeah, I um, I grew up going to all of them because I was one of the altar servers at the parish. Oh, and. My brothers weren't uh, altar service at that point, and so I I would go even if my parents didn't go. Um, yeah, I don't know. My 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 vocation was kind of born at, at the altar, like as an altar mm-hmm. server, you know. Um, and so I remember with great fondness going to the Easter vigil uh, and staying up until basically midnight, you know, helping out the priest and helping mm-hmm. out, you know, with the baptisms and everything. Yeah, I've loved. I mean, yeah, I've loved being being a part of that and last few years with ordination even you know what i'm i i actually think i had a lot more fun deaconing the the triduum than i have celebrating it oh really yeah interesting like like there's just yeah there's a lot of like the priest just kind of stands there and says the prayers the deacon is the one moving and doing stuff and mm-hmm, <laughs> holding mm-hmm. things yeah lighting things yeah totally uh, <laughs> no that's good that's good i um so this this year, um, I I'm gonna have a lot of responsibilities just because we have some illnesses in the house, and so um, I'll be celebrating the Holy Thursday uh, Mass with the pastor. But then I have my own Good Friday uh, service, and then I have I think I'm presiding at the Easter Vigil, and then I have my own nice. Easter Sunday. So I'll be able to celebrate each of them intently. Uh, this will be my second uh, triduum as a priest. I had my first one back in Spain last year. Uh, I was tending to uh, a group of religious cloistered nuns. And was it was able to just be their chaplain for the weekend, which is great. But it's my first time in a parish context to do the whole the whole shebang, mm-hmm. which will be cool. Um, you know, I got to tell you right out of the right out of the gate. Um, I today's Palm Sunday as we record this, and I I did take the idea that you gave last week, which I think proved to be uh, very good and very useful to think of the Palm Sunday set of Gospels as kind of this overture. Um, mm-hmm. I expanded on that idea and I looked at how the Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Saturday are like the three movements of a symphony. Um, Mm -hmm. And that the overture that we have on Palm Sunday takes us through the major themes of those three movements. Um, And so that's what I preached on mostly today. And then I also, I put a lot of focus also on being the, being just like the the donkey that brings Jesus into Jerusalem. Like that's our our call. (laughs) It's to to be the ones who carry Jesus from one place to the other. And yeah, but anyway, just that, that whole idea of the overture, as we're going to talk about today with the uh, the three liturgies, um, mm-hmm. I like how Palm Sunday kind of already anticipated a lot of that with the major themes. Yeah, you know, I was talking to um, somebody that I that sees me for spiritual direction, and I was I was telling them that like, you know, we're as we're approaching this Holy Week, you know, there's a lot going on to balance your personal prayer and your um, liturgical life going to these super long liturgies and i really i really wanted to emphasize this idea of the uh, of an overture as a way of 
uh, relaxing. Like, you know what's happening, you know what's going on. And we've got these kind of big, these big moments, the entry into Jerusalem on Sunday, the Last Supper on Friday, the crucifixion on Last Supper on Thursday, crucifixion on Friday, and the resurrection on Sunday. And between that, because we know the narrative, the narrative is set, we know it, we're familiar with it, we've read it. Um, we can, our prayer can kind of be a little bit more nuanced and fluid in that sense that it can, that can kind of go between where it needs to go. As long as you're kind of remaining within those parameters of the life of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, when you're given the entirety of the Paschal mystery to pray on for the course of a few days, it's like, you can really go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the same thing is true with our preaching, our preaching kind of go in the best case, like in the best way of expressing it can go anywhere. It can, it can also go anywhere in the bad sense where it's like guys just (laughs) kind of go anywhere, you know? Um, but all that is to say, like how, how, how to preach the Triduum well, like I, I was looking through the missile and I think there are some, even some notes on how to preach the Triduum. Mm -hmm. Um, like I was looking at like Holy Thursday is there's a note after the homily that says that the well, actually right before the washing of the feet, the homily is supposed to be about the three major themes of Holy Thursday. So you're supposed to explicitly preach on the right. washing of the feet, the institution of the priesthood, and the institution of the Eucharist. So as far as homily goes, like it's already kind of defined for you what your topic needs to be for that mass. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and you know, like I was saying last week, there's so many prayers and and chants and antiphons and things that that uh, speaking for me, you know, I don't think about uh, as it's happening, I really don't think about them and and meditate on them um, at the time. So I really need this week to go into the liturgies, to go into these beautiful prayers and really sit with it and to really allow it to um, kind of unfold before me. Right. Um, Because... uh, I don't think just as a priest, but as anybody attending these these events, there's so much going on. And if you miss something, you can feel like, oh, uh, I didn't get it, or the magic didn't work, or, or you know, things like that. Right. Um, which is a natural response. Um, but, yeah, I guess just the idea of going in as prepared as we can, so that if something comes up, if, you know, as if chaos ensues, which often happens at these big liturgies, it's not it's not the end of the world. We can just kind of yeah, roll with it, go with the flow. Yeah. I mean, I think another way of even looking at that is, is that anybody who goes to the Triton liturgies is probably like happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like unlike people who go to Sunday mass, you can't really guarantee they they want to be there. A lot of people just go because they're, it's their obligation or because they're traveling or something. But like people that come to the Holy Thursday mass, good Friday and Easter Saturday, a lot of them want to be there and they're not interested in us abbreviating anything. They want to just mm-hmm. sit in the in the joy of the liturgy and this wonderful time to celebrate the, the Paschal Mystery. And so I think it's a great invitation for the priest to not overdo it on the homily, but just to, like your whole thing, like let the liturgy sing over the course of these couple of days, you know, because it's just so rich and so vivid uh, that there's yeah. not a lot of explaining explaining that has to happen. Um, yeah, you know, it, I've, I've been trying to, to think of the right word to use because I don't want the homily to be a place where the priest just explains everything maybe like a facility to facilitate what is happening or yeah i'm still kind of struggling with what what do we call this homily because again it's not i don't think that this is the time for you to hear my opinions i don't think any homily should be that right but but in these these liturgies in particular there's there's more going on than 
yeah. than, the, than the priest, than the homily. Right. So I'm looking at them in the missal here. Okay, so Holy Thursday says what I just said, which was that it should be about those three things. Um, but then Good Friday is great. It's Since it's the reading of the Passion, it says that a brief homily should follow. Uh, <laughs> and but then it's great. I like this. And this kind of gets to your point. So after the homily, it says, uh, let me get to it back again. Um, it says, okay, so after the reading of the Lord's Passion, the priest gives a brief homily. And at its end, the faithful may be invited to spend a short time in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I like that because it's like, it's not just leave space for people to pray it's like invite them to a time of prayer yeah yeah Um, and maybe that kind of gets to your point of like is are the homilies during the easter triduum supposed to be explanations or is it an invitation to spend more time in prayer Mm -hmm. you know and it's not just it's not just a cop out because the passion reading is long it's also to say like you just heard the passion reading sit with this for a a minute this is huge right you know and now we've heard it twice and so there should be something that is percolating up there that's saying oh here this is this is gnawing maybe not gnawing is the right word but something that's yeah think about it pray about it yeah absolutely Sit with it yeah totally um and i think that's like good friday is a, the best day to do that just because it's the middle of all three of the, the liturgies and as far as mm-hmm. preaching goes like people would have heard a homily the day before and they're going to hear a homily on you know easter saturday and so just let them sit in the silence and the scandal of the cross. Like, that's a great, hmm. that's a great thing. But it doesn't say to do that instead of preaching. Like, you do need to preach. Right, right. There's there's a, uh, you know, there's a really neat uncomfortness that I, that I sense, a lot of, that I get from that. You know, people, the awkward silence kind of rubs everybody the wrong way. Um, but like, this is when we need to feel that. Mm-hmm. On this day in particular, on Good Friday in particular, it's like, what have we just done? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sit with that. Make it, let it be uncomfortable. Yeah. Knowing that it's not going to, and like, we're not going to, this isn't where we're going to stay. Right. Uh, right. But for, for right now, yeah. And I think for Saturday as well. So looking like, at the Saturday the... note, the Saturday note says, after the gospel, the homily, even if brief, is not to be omitted. <laughs> I just like that's how on the vigil. Yeah, I just think it's it's funny that they're kind of preempting that someone's going to be like, nah, let's just not preach. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 it can be brief, but it should not be omitted. And I think it's okay yeah. because you you know you're. I think the hom- actually just getting to the point. I think that Saturday the homily um, can be explicitly directed at the catechumens because they're mm-hmm. about to be baptized. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so there's a beautiful, like, I think I would want to preach, like, Holy Thursday already scripted for me what I need to preach. Uh, Good Friday, like, leave them in the silence of the cross. And then on Saturday, preach to the catechumens about what they're about to experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really beautiful opportunity. It's, like, literally right before the baptismal liturgy. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, and that the Easter Vigil is such a great way of, I mean, just talk about something that's deeply, deeply scriptural, and in a sense is a proclamation of that word. You know, you could look at that whole thing as as a homily in a, in a in some way. Right. Like, it just goes through the beginning with all of salvation history, going from the creation to um, up through the prophets, and these great moments where God speaks, um, and people act <laughs> and react. Right. Um, all the way to the that individual... I baptize you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it's so it's so beautiful to be, to have this like cosmic journey through literally creation itself. Right, right. And it comes to uh, 
the it's all about the incarnation at the end of the day, you know. Like, right, right. Well, and also right before that person's baptized individually, we invoke the saints. So like there's mm-hmm. you know there's the yeah. whole cosmic the whole cosmic creation and the whole salvation history there through the through the prophets and the patriarchs. But then it's you know the epistle and then the resurrection. Uh, gospel, but then the invocation of the saints. It's like when we baptize people, and this could be a homily that I could preach, I guess, on Holy Saturday, is that what we're doing by baptizing you is that we are welcoming you into welcoming you not into the body of Christ only, but by virtue of that, into salvation. This history is now your mm-hmm. history. Like we're inserting you into this divine history that we've been reading and praying with over the last two days. This is now your story. Um, you're a part of this story. Yeah, you know, so here's, here's an idea that just kind of struck me let me know what you think. So the reading for Easter Sunday of the day, the first reading is um, from Acts, Peter preaching um, this great, you know, you have no, you know what has happened here. Jesus, you know, died, all that good stuff. Okay. 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 Why can he do that? And how are we called to do that same thing, which is to preach, to evangelize, to proclaim the good news to all the world? Not because we've been given a whole bunch of neat insights, but because we've had an encounter, yeah. right? This is a retreat experience almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how how do we... Here's a... I mean, this is a great question, I think, to think about as priests. How do we help to facilitate this whole triduum season as a retreat, mm. as that spiritual food, that nourish that nourishment, that excitement, so that we can, starting with Easter Sunday, go out like Peter and preach the word. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. Especially with boldness. Like we, we speak yeah. about the apostles with great boldness, their transformation. And yeah. that's that's a great thing to preach on on Holy Saturday with the fact that the people who are rising out of the waters of baptism, like this is what you, you have been given the spirit Mm-hmm. of boldness to preach the good news, you know? And there's a there's an encouragement there that could be an entire homily for Easter, you know, mm-hmm. that we have been given the Spirit of God to be able to preach. Yeah. And that we must. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> like there's a, there's a, you know, we talk about like a call and response verse or whatever, but this is, this truly is, we have been called and now we must respond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah, and I st- I still think it's an important thing to think about these again because they're so they're so deep. There's so much going on with each of these liturgies. This one liturgy, I should say, mm-hmm. um, that it really does take a lot of time to sit with, to chew on, to to mull over, to to find that that um, that thing that motivates you to to be like Saint Paul, to be like Saint Peter. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's good. That's good. Um, I was just noticing, uh, looking through the lectionary for the weekend, that the gospel on the Easter vigil is not the same gospel as Easter Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. But it, And one of them is from Luke, and the other one is from John. And so uh, one is the encounter of all of the women at the tomb, which is Luke in the evening. And then mm-hmm. Sunday morning is just Mary Magdalene uh, at John in John's gospel. So I'm not sure exactly what to make of that, but there's something that is a change in that one is that the first evening 
uh, gospel is the group of women, but then I think Sundays is this individual person, Mary. And so there's also that same drive that you're describing here about you being called to be mm-hmm. an evangelizer. So it's not just that it's mediated through the group, but also you as an individual are called to do so. So it's not just you among the women, Mary, but you, Mary, are called to... Because like it says here, yeah. I guess on Sunday morning, it's what uh, Mary Madeline, the other Mary, went quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe I guess she's there with somebody else, but she's the only one that's named. uh, Oh, no, there's two Marys. There's two Marys on Sunday. Yeah. So on on Sunday, it's she came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw that the stone was removed. Uh, So she ran and went to Simon Peter. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong day. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I think this, this, I've I've talked about this a lot. Like, we have these really interesting... um, uh, movement is very important. You know, the early church was called the way, right? So she's running to Simon Peter and the other disciples. And what do the other, what do these guys do? They run back to the tomb. You know, you can think forward to, I'm switching gospels here, but bear with me. We can jump forward to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. They may not physically run back to Jerusalem, but they, they go back to the, back to the tomb, back to Jerusalem. And so I like to think of this this movement, like, are we moving away from, like, those disciples, or are we running towards, like, Peter and John? Yeah. And the beauty of it, here's the really good news, is that even if we're, we're moving away, well, that's exactly where Jesus met them, so exactly. that they could yeah. Yeah. turn it around. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. No, good. Very good. Yeah, there's a lot to do here. I, I just, I think that this is going, I keep going back to what you were saying about, uh, there's not a lot of work to be done in the homilies this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I, I can imagine some priests very much dedicating as like, look, you got these people who are here who may not come on a regular Sunday, but like preach at them the the gospel, you know, and preach long and preach deep or just not <laughs> or, just, <laughs> or, or just, just not or just not. And let's let it be, you know, like my homily yeah. today. I was just I could say stuff, but it's like just why am I going to attack on more words? Like people are saturated with words here, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with with all these very long texts. But like the way that we pray, for example, on Good Friday with the petitions, there's a real beauty there of praying for the entire yeah. world and just letting yeah. that be enough. Yeah. And not just like saying, oh, well, we pray for the world. I do this a lot, you know, when I'm when I'm celebrating mass, you know, we pray for the world, the sick, the poor, the migrant, the refugee, etc. But these those those intentions are very intentional. Funny that. Uh, yeah. like they go in and get very specific. We're praying for this person. We're praying for this group of people. We're praying for this reason. It's like, ask and you will receive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knock and the door will be opened. Right, right. No, that's good. That's good. What else you got? Any other thoughts? Any any concluding thoughts about how to approach this Triduum? You know, I have to say, I still haven't been, I'm still not convinced, let's say, that I can do a better job than somebody like St. John Chrysostom. Hmm. And I've talked about this before. I even did it when I was at the parish um, on at the vigil to proclaim his, his Paschal sermon. Like, I think that's a, another great way to, like the, the litany of the saints, like that cosmic liturgy, to be connected to such an ancient um, figure and such an important figure. Yeah. Um, but also to show that, look, this is not this, first of all, this is nothing new. <laughs> uh, there's nothing, there's no innovation that I'm going to give to people. Um, but trust what has been said. 
Mm. And that that's good. <laughs> right, right. No, that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, you said that a couple of years ago. You actually read the Chrysostom homily for your homily, right? Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, proclaimed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't just like informing your preparation. Like you right. actually no, it. did yeah. the thing. Wow, wow. Yeah, I don't know if I've, I could do that. Uh, that'd be that'd be that'd be a challenge. I like I like the way that I preach. <laughs> so I'd probably like my ego like getting in there, you know. Um, no, but that's good. That's I like that. You're especially right because it's like, look, the wisdom of the saints for so long is sufficient for <clears> these <throat> great mysteries that you know that we're living and reliving again. Very good. That's right. Cool, man. All right. Well, enjoy your Easter and till next time. All right, pal. Peace. Happy Easter. <laughs>